What's going on, Defenders? Welcome to episode 140 of the most LAFC podcast in the galaxy and the solar system. It's been a minute. Y'all know my voice. Hopefully you do at this point. I am the self-proclaimed beast from the east and toast from the east coast, Christian Philly Philemon, and sitting to my right and beautiful Burbank, California, and Phila Monster Studios, J.I. Liebert! The Scarf, what's good, Defenders Nation? So good to be back for episode 140, and we have so much to cover in the way of LAFC news and notes, and we had not one, but two, kind of, preseason matches at the bank on April 3rd. That was fun. We're going to talk about both of those. We were in attendance for at least one and a half of the two matches that we had And of course, we're going to get back to the same good old trouble that you are used to here on Defenders of the Bank. Philly said something about the galaxy and the solar system. You know I like to call it the most LAFC podcast on Earth. Yeah, you're limiting yourself. You're Uh, limiting yourself. Just for now, for now, we're going to expand in just a little bit. You think there are only people in 81 countries listening to this podcast, Scarf? It's pretentious to think that nobody beyond the solar system is listening to our podcast. (laughs) I'll take 81 countries, though. That's solid. Cosmo's an alien, right? I'm sure he has people outside side who are haters of LAFC listening to us right now. Sure. There you have it. Sure. We're going to also have this day in (laughs) LAFC history. We haven't done that in a little bit. We're bringing back the fan favorite. And of course, that'll be on every episode here of season four. We are going to talk about those two preseason matches like we talked about. There's a new substitution rule in Major League Soccer that we're going to talk about, and we'll find different ways that Carson will abuse that by the end of the season. And of course, another fan favorite segment called Scheduling with the Scarf. We're not going to go through the entire 34-game schedule just yet. That may be on our next episode, but we are going to talk about what's coming up in the very near future and how it affects L-A-F-C, but Philly, here we are back, episode 140, we are in world-famous Philomonster Studios, and I want you to take just a minute, now let's let's give the short answer, Philly, because sometimes you like to give the, the long Philly answer for this one. Nope. You've got some fun stuff happening in a week or two in your life, my friend, out in Ontario with the Fury, and I would love for you to share that with the millions... And millions. Hey, sorry, I caught him mid-drink. Imagine that. And, and it's so coffee. Here's it's the coffee. fun part about what Philly's going to share with you. This is a cool thing. Philly, Philly's gone on a little bit of a, a spiritual journey. They, What's that? A vision quest, if you will, out in Ontario. <laughs> I think he's seen his spirit animal. It's a drunken rabbit of some sort wandering around the desert. The March out Hare. In Ontario. There you go. <laughs> But it, it's late, been a lot I'm of fun. for a very it's, important date. It's been a kind of a Cinderella journey for Philly on this one. And the glass slipper still fits because you've got some fun stuff happening. Maybe this weekend, next weekend. We're not quite sure. But why don't you let the listeners on, in on some fun? Yeah. So I've been calling games for the Ontario Fury in the Major Arena Soccer League. Ontario as in California, not Canada. So that's been occupying a lot of my time. My wife Panda and I have been doing their official podcast and... Six weeks into that venture, they asked us if we'd be interested in being part of the broadcast team. So naturally, the thought was, yes, absolutely. And so we've called, I've managed to call eight games, five as play-by-play, and three games doing, actually, two, no, six games play-by-play, two games doing color, worked with uh, my counterpart from the San Diego Soccers, Mr. Craig Elston. That's been fun. And as a result of Ontario making it to their very, very first championship final, 
I will be getting to call a championship game, two games to be exact, on Friday and Sunday. The dates to be in time to be determined. But yeah, Scarf, that's what I've been doing, man. Calling games. I went from Film Monster Studios to a broadcast booth. So I've been very, very fortunate in doing that. And I've had a great time with the Ontario Fury and, and with Major Arena Soccer League. I've gotten to do a lot of really cool things with the league as well. So that's sort of what I've been up to. Yeah, full disclosure. He did from the very beginning ask me if I wanted to be a part. Unfortunately, I just didn't work with my schedule. Luckily, our buddy Jonathan Reimer, you know him from shoulder to shoulder, D9 New Gringo, he stepped in and did a fantastic job as the color man for how many episodes did you guys do uh, together? We did six games together. Nice. He was color for six. Nice. All right. So that is and the, the idea is for him to get involved with the final as well. We're hoping, um, but that that ends Philly's run in Ontario, and it brings us to one of our most favorite segments. Certainly one of mine. We, we are, by the way, if you want to follow at this day in LAFC on Instagram. We are going to be far more active this year. <laughs> I'll with, believe it when I see it. Hey, I've already got one post up a couple of days ago at this day in LAFC on Instagram. Make sure you check that out because it's time for this day in LAFC history. We are recording this episode on the day of the national championship game. Good luck to both Gonzaga and Baylor. I've got Go a, Baylor. I've got a little bit of money on Gonzaga. Go so Baylor. Let's let's hope the Zags are able to finish it. Philly, nope, why, oh, why wouldn't you want Gonzaga to go undefeated and make history? Because the last team to win the national championship <laughs> was the 1976 Hoosiers. Philly, where'd you go to college again? Indiana. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. So at this point, if Gonzaga does win, they'll have eclipsed my 76 Indiana Hoosiers. And since we've been in a rebuilding process for, oh, a couple of decades now, it's an acknowledgement, an accolade that I love to rest my hands on. I can hear about Indiana every year, even when they're not in the NCAAs. Unless Gonzaga wins. And they haven't been in the NCAAs for a little bit, but you guys have a new head coach with Mike Woodson. There's reason to be optimistic. Your star player's coming back. You got Dane Fife as an assistant head coach, too. My my Syracuse did pretty well this year. Made it to the Sweet 16. Made a little noise in the Elite 8. Trying to have some fun. But, you know, didn't didn't quite happen. We ran into Houston and, and of course... How about Loyola Marymount? How'd they do this year? They Hey, they were above 500 this year, which if you follow the LMU Lions, that is a point in the scoreboard for what, us. Like 15 and 14? Look, the if they would have had a full NIT field, I feel like we would have made it, which, by the way, sounds like the most LMU excuse ever. <laughs> if the NIT field would have been 32 and not 16. Anyways, it's time for this day in LAFC history. We are recording this on April 5th, 2021. And on this date, four years ago, actually three years ago, because I can do math. On, <laughs> he only teaches it, folks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. LAFC officially opened their new $30 million training facility on the campus of Cal State LA, which is also home to the LAFC Academy. More on the new name and sponsor for that facility later in the episode, and that was a pretty smooth segue from Defenders of the Bank, tomorrow, April 6th in 2019, LAFC absolutely crushed the D.C. United in our nation's capital for nothing. And at the time, it was the big matchup, Philly. Remember going into that? It was number one in the West versus number one in the East. Oh, yes. It was Wayne Rooney versus Carlos Vela. For at least the first 52 minutes, Diego Rossi had a hat trick, 27th minute, 32nd minute, 72nd minute, and that followed Carlos Vela's 15th minute goal. Vela also missed his first MLS PK, by the way. He was five for five 
up until that point. Rossi, Rossi's third goal Rossi. was, I almost did that. Rossi, Diego Rossi. Rossi's third goal was number 100 for LAFC across all competitions. And the reason why we said for at least the first 52 minutes it was Vela versus Rooney, because Wayne Rooney earned a red card in the 52nd minute. Naughty, naughty Shown the door. Mohamed El Munir also made his LAFC debut as a substitute for Jordan Harvey in the 70th minute. More on Mohamed El Munir yeah. later on in the episode. LAFC also became the first team to have two different players notch a hat trick in back-to-back games. And for the first time in MLS history, a team had a plus nine goal differential in back-to-back away games. And that is this day in LAFC history, Philly. We've got so many different players on news and notes, but I think we're going to start with everyone's favorite Mm -hmm. third DP, Philly. That would be Brian Rodriguez and his time at Almeria. in Spain, Brian. Eight matches, Philly. Eight matches. And he has as many goals as you do for Almeria. Yeah, fat goose egg, baby. Zero goals. But he does have... One statistic, doesn't he? He does. He has one assist. One assist in a losing effort, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Oh, boy, yes. Almeria, five points from the second spot and 11 points clear of seventh. The top two in La Liga. I was going to say Zwei. This, is, this isn't German. Uh, La Liga dos. Top two get promoted in automatically. And then there's a play-in between the third and the sixth seed. So... We're all Almeria fans. Yes, Unless we are. we're Brian Rodriguez fans. <laughs> so it's one or the other, folks. If Almeria gets promoted, chances are they'll have enough money to collect Brian. And up until now, I think their record transfer fee signings about $4 million and change, which is what, maybe $6 million less than yeah. what Brian is worth? Yeah. So, oy. So, again, if you want Raito back, boo Almeria. If you don't want him back... Go Almeria. That's the thought right there. What's weird is I heard a lot of people saying go Almeria right now. That was that was a fun one. Yeah, Philly, the way he's playing, we got to hope that Almeria still wants him, even if they do get promoted at this point. He hasn't done a lot in just about four hours worth of play, just over 250 minutes or so. I complain and I can't contribute to a second division team, Brian. Yeah, it's been rough. How about Mark Anthony K? Philly, what is your nickname for Mark Anthony K again? The Canadian Glory Machine. He he was in all his glory. I don't know. He just came up with it. it makes no sense at all. No, we none. It. We love it. It's Sounds like, more like an arcade. But man. I do kind of picture like a Captain America figure, but with a maple leaf all over instead of the. Uh, I hate the to stars tell you what I'm stripes. picturing. <laughs> Anyways, Mark Anthony K. Absolutely killing it with the Canadian yes. men's national team. Although to be fair, they were playing the Cayman Islands. They were able Scarf, to. Scarf, you up, could score on the Cayman Islands. Listen, I might have. They uh, on a video they put game. up eleven goals against the Cayman Islands, an eleven nothing win of which Mark Anthony K. Two goals and an assist, and Alfonso Davies with a couple of goals as well. It was it, it was a beatdown for the Cayman Islands. Yeah, you could stash your cash, and the Canadians can stash some goals in the back of the Cayman I Islands. I see what you did there. <laughs> Philly, by the way, handles money for a living. So if you want him to help you launder it. No, 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 no. We don't want to say stuff like that. (laughs) That is not the type of business I am involved in. That is true. He is not. Speaking of businesses in faraway places, (laughs) 
Well, that was a probably pretty... the best segue we've ever heard on Defenders <laughs> of the Bay. You're welcome. How about the Chinese Super League for all of you, by the way, that had the Kangzhou Mighty Lions on your Chinese Super League fantasy team? You're going to be real excited for oh, their not the bingo pickup. card. I thought it was a bingo card. Listen, today. if you had us talking about Chinese Super League on your Defenders bingo card, mark that one off right <laughs> now. Adama Diomande. That's right. Number 99 on the field, but number one in our hearts. He is now over in the Chinese Super League. I have a little story to tell you about the Kangzhou Mighty Fascinating Lions. Fascinating tale. Recently renamed from the Shijua Shuang Everbright, and I know I probably pronounced that first one wrong, but up until like six minutes ago, they were the Shijia Shuang Ever bright, but unfortunately, the Chinese FA, the Football Association, no longer wants corporation names in their team names. So they are now the Kangzhou Mighty Lions. They were promoted back to the top tier of the Chinese Super League in 2019, but finished not just last, but according to Wikipedia, dead last <laughs> in the 2020 relegation tournament. How are they still in the Chinese Super League, you ask? Ah. <laughs> Thank you to Jiangsu FC for dissolving at the start of 2021 so that the Kangzhou Mighty Lions could stay in the top tier of the Chinese Super League. So all of you out there, get on the Googles and the interwebs, get your Kangzhou Mighty Lions Adama Diamande kit now. Philly, a kit that I know you're going to buy because you are the first and the only person that I have seen walking around Bank of California with an LAFC kit with this guy's name on the back of it. I have a feeling, Philly, there is going to be a Las Vegas Lights Philip Ejimadu kit in your closet sometime in the very near future. Without a doubt, and the reason for that is because he's signed on with the Las Vegas Lights. He wasn't the only LAFC player. He was not. To, to sign with the Las Vegas Lights. Our draft pick, CC Uche from Ohio State. Uche! Ohio The Ohio State. No, I'm not going to say. The Ohio State University. They're signing with the Las Vegas Lights. And y'all know Ejimadu has been our third keeper for the past couple of seasons. Uche was the 41st pick in the 2021 MLS Super Draft by LAFC. And a fascinating state of affairs. You, We were talking about this. I forget on what show, but we were talking about which draft picks LAFC would keep. Yep. And you mentioned all of them and I scratched my head pondering why in the world would you say that yep and then it dawned on me because you said it right after you made that statement <laughs> was the fact that well we have we basically have a USL team in the Las Vegas Lights so anybody that we're going to bring on in here is going to go there and I got to tell you Philip Benjamin spent the majority of his playing career in USL primarily with the FC Tucson uh, USL 2 but the fact that he's going to be close the fact that he's still going to get to train under Zach Abdel and the fact that he's going to train with and under Pablo Cisniega and Kenneth Vermeer and, and now Thomas Romero it, it's really cool that Philip gets to stick around here it's a testament to his hard work the club could have forgotten about him he could have ended up going back to Brazil or, or Minnesota because he has ties to both, but he's going to be in Las Vegas playing with the lights on game days, training with LAFC otherwise. Philly, remember when we talked about how the lights had made just one move all offseason? They had extended the contract to one kid who wasn't part of this whole thing before we took over the lights? We And he doesn't mean the llama. Correct. 
they released him today. <laughs> they released the one guy that they had before. So not, not sure what he did. If you want to look it up, he's got a really long last name. I think Maybe the llama didn't like it, it. It ends at a T. I don't know. But they, they released him. They said he's free to pursue other opportunities, which means he's unemployed. How about Mohammed El Munir? He is no longer unemployed, according to at Morad Dakil on Twitter. Mohammed El Munir has signed with Al Itihad SC in Libya. That's a Libyan first division team. He is going back to Libya. Of course, Mohamed Omanir from Libya. So this will be a bit of a homecoming of sorts for Mohamed. We wish him all the best. We on Defenders of the Bank were huge fans of Mohamed El Munir, and we are sad to see him leave Major League Soccer and Philly. A player who I didn't realize was doing as well as he was, no longer property of LAFC, Jorge Gonzalez. If you don't know the name Jorge Gonzalez, that's because he was in a black and gold kit for all of six minutes. He was the (laughs) former LAFC super draft pick in 2020. He got picked up by the Portland Timbers, promptly signed on to Portland Timbers 2, and had a very, very good abbreviated season for Timbers 2 last year. Eight goals in 10 matches for Timbers 2. Played very, very well. Well, he has been loaned out to Louisville City for 2021. So if you want to watch a team in the USL, Louisville City, the uh, former club, I believe, of Mark Anthony You are correct. So if you're already watching Louisville City because of where we got Mac from, now Jorge Gonzalez, former property of LAFC, now with Portland, Portland Timbers 2, and Louisville City. Philly, you mentioned Thomas Romero, very uh, very hushed tones there with Thomas Romero. He's the guy that, that kind of replaced Philip Ejimato. We got to see him in person, and it's we'll talk about boy. that. Yeah, he's a big kid. What is with that? Philip Ejimato, big kid. Thomas Romero, big kid. We got athletes in our third keeper position. He actually performed really well, Philly, for El Salvador's U23 national team, albeit in kind of a, I don't know, in in fortuitous unfort not a great not not a great effort by the team no <laughs> not a great effort by the team at all <laughs> sorry i'm not sure if Philly knew i was throwing it to him there because i don't know i stumbled over my words like seven so times. i mean you were saying not a very good but but they won two to one over haiti in group b but they did but unfortunately el salvador much like the u.s was eliminated from contention from, from the tokyo olympics Ugh. the u.s and el salvador are not going to be in. playing in the u23 olympics they're, the they're... u.s will not be playing in the olympics oh yeah that was rough. Merry go round. That was rough. But- Hon- Honduras took it to us. That kind of rhymed. I didn't mean it to, but <laughs> how how is the U.S. not making the Olympics? Come on, I'm upset. I I I, I, I don't things. know, man. All right, last thing, real quick, before we get into some more news and notes that don't involve LAFC players. How about Jordan Harvey? Jordan Harvey very quietly moved up the list of major league soccer all-timers with the retirement of Jeff Lorenowicz just a day or so ago. Jeff Lorenowicz, who played 16 seasons in major league soccer. Jordan Harvey now fourth all-time amongst active players. These are non-keepers, by the way. Fourth all-time amongst active players with 348 matches played and 28,933 minutes played. And he's seeking to become just the 32nd player to hit 350 matches played. So in two matches, he'll hit that. And it depends on what Wando does, and it depends on what one of our favorite slash not favorite keepers, Stefan Fry, does. He could be either the 16th, 17th, or 18th guy to get the 30,000 minutes this awesome. season if he sees enough. We, we just love Jordan Harvey, and we got to see him play Philly, and more on that 
in our recap and our match against the Las Vegas Lights. But Philly, in other news, LAFC Larry, Larry Friedman. Big fan of the pod. GM John Thorrington got to keep their other jobs. Yes. In fact, LAFC announced that Larry and John will officially share the roles of LAFC co-president effective immediately. Why does that matter? Well, they be, because they've been serving it in an interim role since August. Now that job is theirs. Larry, all kinds of ath- uh, athletes, all kinds of accolades. LAFC's chief business officer, who's been with the club since 2014, was named the 2019 Doug Hamilton Executive of the Year and a finalist for the 2020 World Football Summit Best Executives Awards. He, he continues to be a part of this glorious club. We love Larry. Shout out to Larry. You the man. And... <laughs> Yeah, brother. <laughs> Wrestling references. And then, of course, you got John Thorrington, who's been at the GM helm for quite some time, and he will be sharing that president's role. And here's something interesting. We caught this off of LAFC PR. Since 2018, LAFC has led the league in total regular season wins, 46, and points with 161, becoming the first team in MLS history to defeat three Liga Emekis teams in the 2020 Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League on route to an appearance in the CCL final. Between both of these guys, they have really put LAFC on the map in a very short period of time. And when I hear that our club hasn't accomplished anything, I look at some of these accolades and I laugh and I laugh. And I laugh some more because if this is nothing, then I'm sure the FC Cincinnati's of the world would be clamoring for this type of nothing. But congratulations to both Larry and John. We're very thankful that they get to stay and remain a part of this club as we are on route this season to some hardware. Absolutely can't wait. I also loved, by the way, last weekend, five professional soccer clubs in the state of California, LAFC. The Carson Galaxy, San Jose Earthquakes, Sacramento Republic, and the Oakland Roots announced that in honor of it being Cesar Chavez Day, they would form a coalition to raise funds and support farm workers. The clubs are doing a grant match challenge where they will each aim to raise up to $3,000. I think we can do better, LAFC. Let's raise a little more than $3,000. With any amount donated doubled by the respective clubs. That money will then go to the UFW, United Farm Workers Foundation, and their efforts to provide relief to those impacted by COVID-19, as well as help push farm workers to get vaccinated. Look, if you don't know what farm workers mean to the state of California and to this country in general, then you are lost, my friend. We would be nowhere without some of the hardest working people in the world. Let's get them all vaccinated. We all know that the living conditions that they most of them live in are not optimal and are rampant spreading grounds for the coronavirus. Let's get them healthy. Let's get them vaccinated and let's support this initiative. Really cool that LAFC is one of the five teams that are coming together to do this. Philly, I think one of my favorite things that we have done in the history of Defenders of the Bank Hmm. involved these four words. Show us your kids! (laughs) I wondered where he was going Well, I'm really excited, Philly, because when we play that in 2021, we get to show off some new kits. What do you think, Philly? I like kits. I have several kits. And this year we're going to collect even more kits. Kits with new sponsors. Training kits with different sponsors. Woo. We're going to see some Postmates. We're going to have visions of sleeping on a fantastic mattress with nectar. And of course, if you're into power tools, I have no clue how to use any of them. <laughs> Flex. 
Flex another there, one of our sponsors. Literally, by the way, can I just share with the listener something real quick? Oh no! There has been a light bulb out in Philomonster <laughs> Studios. Now, now, granted, why are you pulling on my spot? This, this is a first world problem. The ceiling is about fifteen feet up, right? So, so Philly needs to find a ladder before he's going to do anything. But we we've been without light. Inside Philomonster Studios. Not true. There's a light on from right there. This top light up here, which no one can see that I'm pointing at for quite some time. And if you ever want to have some fun, ask Panda how she feels about that. Oh, great. You're that bo- that ends my my power tools portion of the episode. Yes, yes. I am uh, what one would call domestically challenged. <laughs> I, I can't fix things. I can't cook things. But I'm really good at ordering Postmates, so I'm really happy they're one of LAFC's sponsors. And I've spent an awful lot of money in my life on Uber. So perhaps we can hook up the Defenders with a discount, because I spend a lot of money on Postmates and Uber all the darn time. It's a new segment on Defenders of the Bank called First World Problems with Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn, that's funny. But yes, Uh, LAFC announced a multi-year partnership with Flex. Flex. Flex, a brand... Division of Global Power Tool Manufacturer Chevron, Chevron. <laughs> not Shervon. Well, sir, that's funny because I copied that directly from LAFC's page. Someone needs to spell Chevron right. Oh, okay. I, I was. I thought it was going to be you. You're. You are so meticulous about spelling stuff. I, I don't am. care. Like I don't I'll write my notes. That. But the nice thing about it is you understand what I'm saying. When when Panda reads my notes, it's lit, when we're doing the Striking Fury podcast, yeah. it's literally like us where I'm just reading things <laughs> off the teleprompter with her. But yes, we have a they are our official jersey sponsor and they feature and feature branding included on all club community and specialty jerseys. Additionally, Flex is the official power tool partner of LAFC Sweet. and the official construction tools of the club. The deal is believed to be a five-year deal with the words Power Tools staying on the club kit for either two or three years. The brand is owned by Chevron. Yes, Flex, originally a German company, by the way. Nice to see some some German uh, influence on here. So that that's a good thing, and we, we got New Jersey's. And LAFC also announced a sponsorship deal with Nectar Mattress. Yes, Nectar Mattress. The LAFC Performance Center will now be called the Nectar Performance Center, and the Nectar branding is going to be on the on the LAFC training jersey. Dude, those look so nice in that first match. I, I can't saw. wait for that one. On top of that, with Nectar being LAFC's official sleep partner, <laughs> giggity, hey, hey. The, cl- <laughs> the club has created a nap room. Yeah, the club has created a nap room at the Performance Center, and Nectar will furnish its products for the new nap room. Philly, if they sold oh. season tickets to the nap room, I would buy them right now. I mean, I would, I would eat up all that time. Oh my goodness! They did have a nap room. In all fairness, we did see that on they our many did, trips to the Performance the Center. Nectar nap room, and now the Performance Center is the official Nectar Performance. There Center. you go. Look, you mentioned it, Philly, earlier. Postmates, they are now on the sleeve. They are our official sleeve sponsor, and it's part of. A extension and expansion, giggity, if you will, of the partnership first entered into into 2020. In addition to the sleeve sponsorship, Postmates will be the in-stadium delivery partner. Now, hold on a minute. The in-stadium delivery partner for LAFC. So are you telling me that there is going to be a way? They kind of slipped this one in there. Also, giggity. They kind (laughs) of slipped this one in there, though. Will we be able to order Postmates from our phones to get food in our seats? The Dole Cool Whip. 
Oh my goodness! The dull cool whip. No, it's dull whip. There's no. Cool it's whip. no, no. It's, it's cool. It's uh, I like it. It's like it's a cool thing. Dull cool whip. There, okay. <laughs> oh god. Also, Philly, you mentioned this one earlier. LAFC's ride app partner is no longer Lyft. It is now Uber, which makes sense considering Uber owns Postmates. And I wonder how the South End Falcons feel about this. The southeast corner of the stadium will now be called the Uber Zone. And I don't know why I get like visions of Top Gun in my That's head when I I'm hear thinking. the Uber Zone. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, like a family, weird like German techno club. Family-friendly podcast, unso, my friend. Unso Uber oh, what's zone. the, the unso, Will Ferrell Saturday zone. Night Live character? He's the techno guy. Oh, someone's going to have to hit, hit us up on, on Facebook or Instagram. Instagram at Defenders of the Bank. The Will Ferrell, Ferrell techno character there. South and Falcons, Uber Zone. South and Falcons, <laughs> Uber Zone. Unsa, 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 Uber Zone. Philly has has channeled his inner Amsterdam right now. I have no idea what's going on. If I really would have channeled my inner Amsterdam, I wouldn't have been this energetic <laughs> right now. That's very true. Hey, this is kind of interesting, Philly. We've got a brand new substitution rule in Major League Soccer oh, this season. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your career. No, no, no. No, no, no I'm, I'm still, hey, going back full time a week from t- today, actually. Very excited about that. 9 to 2, Monday through Friday at the school I teach in in Culver City. Very excited who to starts, be back in the classroom. Who starts our week on a Tuesday? Well, is today Tuesday? Yeah, it's a week from yesterday. No, um, no, no, it's Monday. Today's Monday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Philly's getting a little older. having trouble keeping track of dates and times. <laughs> so jerk. like I was saying, there's a new substitution rule in Major League Soccer, Philly. They are keeping, this is not new, they are keeping the five subs per match in 2021 once again. And now they are adding... Two subs per match, up to two subs per match, for concussion purposes. Hmm. Now, look, most of the time, it's likely that these two teams, these two teams, it's likely that these teams, let's try that again. (laughs) Most of the time, it's likely that the two teams playing may not need to use these concussion protocol substitutes, but it is a brand new kind of substitute debuting this season, 2021. For every concussion sub, that a team uses, the opposing team is granted a regular substitution to be able to use, which could be kind of interesting. So this means that if a player goes out for a concussion on one side, that means the other team can bring on a player, even if they've already used their five substitutes, but it all has to still be done in the same substitution windows that they've had for the last several seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams get creative with this, potentially able to bring on six or seven players in a match instead of just the five. And again, that's up from three from before. So lots of big changes going on in Major League Soccer. But this has been something, Philly, as we were looking at this, that other leagues have started to pilot as well for concussion protocols. So we will see what happens this season with these concussion substitutes. Philly, we're just about at the time where we're going to recap the New England and Mm -hmm. Las Vegas Lights preseason matches. But because this kind of ties in with news and notes, normally we save this for the back end of our podcast, giggity. But (laughs) this time we're going to keep scheduling with the scarf before the preseason recap because it has something to do with why other things matter than just these first three or four games in our schedule. It's going to be kind of fun. 
We, of course, have one more preseason tilt against New England Saturday, April 10th. That's a week from last Saturday. And we have, Philly, heard some unsubstantiated rumors Mm -hmm. that they may allow fans into the bank for that preseason Mm -hmm. match. But we don't know anything about that yet. It'll be we ain't a gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. It'll be interesting to see how LAFC responds to what Bruce Arena throws at them for the second week in a row. Of course, you know one week after that, on April 17th, it is back at the bank. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. Opening day, Austin FC. FC Broccoli, the fighting <laughs> Al Raids, come to take on LAFC all right, all right, all right. at the bank. I can't wait. We could have fans there. We could have more fans there, depending on what tier we're in, Philly. But we won't know if we're going to be there together. We won't know Can anything. I be Nina if you get the tickets and you can be Panda <laughs> otherwise? There you go. Yeah, we won't know anything yet. Let's see who's going to be able to get in. We may have up to 33% capacity. It could be even more than that. There's a whole lot going on. And it's important to note, by the way, that LAFC... <laughs> doesn't have a road match until May 1st. So our first three matches, regular season matches, Philly. We've got Austin FC on the 17th. We've also got the Sounders coming back to the bank on the 24th. That should be a fun one. And then we fly out to face the fighting Christian Ramirez's. This was his birthday the other day. It was. Happy birthday, Christian Ramirez. On May 1st. Why are those three games so incredibly important? Austin FC, Seattle, and Houston. Well, here's why. U.S. Open Cup qualifying this year, super weird. Here's how it works. Yeah. The top eight U.S.-based major league soccer teams, according to points per game, for the first three weeks of the MLS season. That's it. So in our case, three matches. From April 16th to May 3rd, the top eight U.S.-based MLS teams in points per game will qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. And that's it. There's no play-in rounds. There's no qualification rounds. None of that stuff. The U.S. Open Cup is having half the participants that they normally do. Here's how it's going to work, Philly. The eight U.S.-based MLS teams qualify. That's Division One of the U.S. Soccer Pyramid. Four USL teams have already qualified. They're the 2020 semifinal teams. That's Phoenix Rising. We know them. El Paso Locomotive. Louisville City. We already talked about them. And everyone's favorite team from the East, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Those are the four USL teams that have already qualified. We already know the two Division Three teams that have qualified. USL League One regular season champ, the Greenville Triumph. Triumph, the comic insult soccer team, and the (laughs) NISA 2020 fall champs, Detroit Rock City FC. It doesn't say rock, but it says Detroit City FC. So they're already in. And then there's going to be two open division teams drawn from the following pool. One open division local qualifier drawn from 12 eligible teams. One NPSL team drawn from 13 eligible teams. One USL League 2 team drawn from 10 eligible teams. And the 2019 U.S. Adult Soccer Association National Amateur Cup champion, (gasps) Newton, Connecticut Pride FC. So they're going to pick two teams out of those four teams that are picked out of a whole bunch of other teams for the Open Cup. But all we care about, Philly, is if we can win at least two and all three of those matches for sure, we'll be in the Open Cup for 2021. And that ends scheduling the scarf. That's some stuff. Hope you all wrote that down. Woo. I'm glad he wrote it down. I did. Because he said it. I'm right next to him. 
And I still don't get it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It is a lot. It is a lot. So now that we have concluded most of our bullet points, we're going to talk about our regular preseason match that occurred this past Saturday at Bank of California Stadium against the Vroom Vroom New England Revolution. You like that? <laughs> They're a car now. I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, Rev, you know, that's what they like to call themselves. Okay. It's better than, you know, singing a reggae song. You want a revolution? Oh, no, no, it's fine. Say you want a revolution. Well, well we got Scarf Lennon over here. Right? Well, I mean, that's what I always think of when I think of the revolution. Philly, what I was excited to see at the start of this match, first of all, was the start of a match. Yeah, got to yeah be okay, good. I'm glad you said that. Philly, I mean, that's the most important part of a it. A big thank you to Seth and Ben and everybody who's at LAFC PR. Thank you so much for again the the press passes. We loved sitting there. We had we had our friend Dweezy right next to us. We had we had LAFC Vince right there. More I like one ten football Vince. Oh, we did right. Oh my goodness. And and we had Benjamin to our right. And it was just so good to see Gio everybody Garcia, back there. LA Gio, soccer hub. He was all the way over on the other side. Though, Delmi man. too. Delmi was there. We had there were a lot of great people in that press box. But the great people that we were really excited to see, Philly, with all due respect to everybody there in the press box, they were out there on the pitch. And LAFC, I was interested in who would start. This could be a precursor to what we could expect in the regular season, Philly. Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, Corey Baird would be your third up top to begin this in the 4-3-3. Latif Blessing, Edward Atuesta, and Jose Cifuentes. Not much of a surprise considering Mark Anthony Kay had just come back from international duty. <laughs> and then our Make back sure you line, remember you had beats. Cheeky Palacios, that can stay. Eddie Segura, Jesus Murillo, and Tristan Blackman. An interesting spot for Tristan Blackman, not Kim Moon Hwan, not Marco Farfan. In the 18, everybody you would expect, Kenneth Vermeer, Thomas Romero, Moon, Leone, Harvey, Farfan, Ginella, Duke, Duenas, Moose, Mahala, Jennings, Treori, and Quesada. Not available at all were Christian Torres, Mark Anthony Kay, and Raheem Edwards and Philly. It was kind of a bit of a feeling out process, Giggity, for the <laughs> first half. Not much happening at all, to be honest. LAFC, though, Philly, I think you and I would both agree. LAFC, controlling the run of play for most of the first half, had the better of the offensive chances, but there was a guy in goal for New England, oh, Matt man. Turner, and Matt Turner was a problem. He most certainly was a problem. He got his hand on so many LAFC shots. Atuesta, Rossi, Vela. The golden opportunity, though, that first half, the ball was distributed yep. to Corey Baird. Corey Baird had a wide-open look, and uh, sadly to say, he his effort was thwarted by Turner. Turner looked fantastic out there. He was my man of the match within the first 45 minutes. Very impressive performance for the Revolution goalkeeper. Yeah, I would say, Philly, even after we talk about the second half, he'd be my man of the match in regards to the entire 90 minutes. 0-0 at the half. And if you were following at Defend the Bank on Twitter, we were live tweeting throughout the entire match. So for this one, if you want the minute-by-minute -minute rundown, please head over to at Defend the Bank on Twitter where you can see our live recap of the entire 90-minute match. But, Philly, 
in the second half, and we're talking right away. Yep. Whatever Bruce Arena said to the New England Revolution in the locker room at halftime, they came out ready to roll in the first minute. Of the second half, it was Gustavo Bo absolutely pouncing on one. And I, and I will admit, he looked like the best player on the pitch yep, for the did. revolution, if not for all of the attacking players out there. Honestly, he looked real, real good. And I didn't, I didn't know how big he was in person, Philly. He looked like a big dude. His and then, ponytail was bigger than you. That's well, it's bigger than your ponytail, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then Adam Buxa, just five minutes later, I think it was the 50th minute, he slots one home. And, and I did tweet this out. I was trying to be funny, but I actually meant it. We got to check with the grounds crew because it really did seem like for the first 30 to 35 minutes of that second half, Philly, New England playing downhill. <laughs> yeah. Great analysis. Caught me, caught me sleeping <laughs> on that one. Thanks, Philly. Yeah, I mean, the, the beginning of the second <laughs> half, I mean, that's where, all, that's where all the goals for New England came from. They really pounced on LAFC quite hard, making Pablo Cisniega's life and the back line's life pretty darn miserable. But LAFC... LAFC started coming back. We didn't have any subs for a little while. And yep. the, the subs that we were eager to watch eventually made their way out onto the field. Moon finally made his appearance. Yep. That was an exciting thing. Now, Moon, pictures that is, he's depicted on, it looks like he's a big boy, but he's he's smaller than, than Pancho Janela. One thing I want to note is that Moon, still coming off of a, a bit of a knee injury, right. still not 90, uh, 90 minutes match fit yet, he did give the club 30 good minutes although I will say his passing unmarked was a little on the shaky side but he's going to work his way back into the lineup I mean that's those are my my thoughts on Moon but LAFC without really going minute through minute on a preseason game because well it was preseason and many of you weren't there. We had some really good attempts. Atuesta hit hit the post uh, at, at one point. Murillo, I have to say, was very impressive in the back line. Tristan Blackman played a really good game. And, and just as we thought that this game would go into the hands of the New England Revolution, LAFC actually started making it a bit of a ball game. Yep. You're absolutely right, Philly. It was the 63rd minute where Atuesta got one back for us. He just he blistered one off the crossbar on a yeah. free kick in about the 80th minute. But Philly, I believe the cool kids call it at the death for Diego Rossi. It was an absolutely beautiful ball all the way through for Diego Rossi. We saw some great passing. Edward Atuesta, again, just doing real Edward Atuesta things. But Diego Rossi, it was if we had three minutes of stoppage time, it was at 2.55, pretty much at the last whistle there. The equalizer stealing a point, a mythical preseason point, because those don't exist, at the bank. Look, for the way that LAFC looked in the first 30, 35 minutes of the second half where we were awful, for us to respond as well as we did after the 60th minute, I mean, I was really impressed. Edward Atuesta, again, I just think he was the best player out there by by far. I'd say our for, most important player, period. Absolutely. That's He's not going to Palmeiras for $4 million. It's just not going to happen. A 2-2 draw in our first preseason match, and if you would have seen any part of that second half, you would have thought we were lucky to come away with the 2-2 draw, Philly, after going down 2 nothing. 
Philly, yeah, we had our opportunities. We we there was a, a free kick that Diego Rossi had that was blocked by Matt Turner. Edward Atuesta did bang one off of the post. We had ample opportunities. We had a defensive lapse within the first six minutes of the second half. But other than that, I can't say we played really bad. We played preseason well. Let's just call it that. We got back into the game. We made we made it a run. New England couldn't close it out, and we walk away with a draw. And it seems like we're always drawing in these preseason games. I don't remember very many games in which we actually come out with a victory, minus the Peñarols and the Vissel Kobe's of the world, but it seems like we always have preseason draws, and this was no exception. No, and Philly, what we thought was kind of fun was earlier in the day, on our way to the bank, we found out we might be able to see some bonus football. Oh, yes. Las Vegas Lights had a preseason match that they announced on their Twitter the day before against LAFC for the same day that New England Revolution was supposed to play. So how cool was that, that right after the match, Seth of LAFC PR comes over and he says, all right, guys, we're closing down the press box about an hour after this match ends, which meant we all got to stay to watch the first half hour of what I think might have been either three 30 minutes or maybe it was two 30 minutes and then a practice right after. Two 30-minute halves, maybe three 30-minute halves. I know that's not a thing. Whatever. We got to see the first 30 minutes, Philly. And right at the end of the 30th minute, we saw the only goal, apparently. Thankfully. Throughout the entire thing. It was the moose. The moose was loose at the bank, Philly. The moose got loose and put one in the back of the keeper's caboose. It was a really, really good way to... It was a really good goal by Danny Musovsky. He had he had his efforts. He had his opportunities. And it was a fun match. I will tell you this. LAFC, the subs, really gave it, gave it a go. The Las Vegas Lights, which were still players such as Cal Jennings and, and people of that nature, they, they gave it a good go. We did see the only goal of the game. And I, I really, I'm really excited. We saw Steve Trundolo, by the way. That was also we pretty did. darn cool. That was awesome. It was a really, really nice way to start a Saturday morning. A very nice way to, to kick things off of the season. And, and it was a lot of fun. Again, the assessment was LAFC found their opportunities. Despite the fact that they went down two to nothing, uh, they, they came back into the game. And I hope this isn't a, a precursor as to what's going to happen. Uh, the, the chemistry between Vela, Rossi, and Baird. It wasn't there. I didn't necessarily see it. Corey made his runs, but he seemed rather tentative uh, in portions of it. Moon, he's coming off of a knee injury, and he's not even match fit. So the fact that he was able to give 30 solid minutes is a good thing. The players, though, that really impressed me, Atuesta was impressive. He looked like he was in midseason form. Diego Rossi looked really good since that penalty kick. Mario is going to be a yep. beast for us, an yep. absolute beast. Sifu looked fantastic in the midfield. And, the, I mean, those are the four players that really stuck out to me. Those are the players that are really going to be the backbone. Carlos Vela had some really, really nice passing, but Carlos Vela was taking it easy. I will say he is definitely match fit. If you recall what he looked like coming back from, the, from his COVID break, after the MLS's back season, when he came in, Carlos Vela was not in game game playing shape. He looks like he's ready to go. He seems more motivated right now. He cut the ponytail, so I mean, you know, if you're superstitious, Carlos Vela did score Dude, a lot of his, goals without the ponytail. His hair was on point, Philly. He looked great in that 
pink nectar kit. Oh I mean, man, I can't wait for that one, Scarf. Oh, that's pretty cool. And again, the even the little match that we saw, the 30 minutes against Las Vegas was fun. And I do want to make note of a couple of guys who are out there against Vegas. Jordan Harvey, Mahala, Bryce Duke, Danny Musovsky, Kenneth Vermeer started between the pipes oh, for man, LAFC. He can pass. Oh. He, his passing, he put one on a dime about 70 yards away. Kenneth Vermeer's passing is world class from the back of the net. He is absolutely incredible. And I will say for Las Vegas, they had a couple of LAFC players out there as well. We got to see Danny Trejo, which was a lot of fun. Yes. Danny Trejo, Muhammad Traore, Cal Jennings, Thomas Romero. Thomas Romero, another big kid. What is with our third keepers just being athletes? Romero looked pretty good too, by the way. He made some great saves. Oh man, Christian Torres, I think, had five or six shots at it there for LAFC. And every single one of them turned away by either the post or by Thomas Romero. It was just the PK by Musovsky. And again, bonus soccer. Always fun for us to see. So excited, Philly, about this LAFC partnership with Vegas. And so excited to be able to hopefully be in the building. We would love this LAFCPR. We know you're listening. We thank you for all of your support. We would love to be back in the building on the 10th to be able to bring you all of the action once again for our second and final, we think, but now I guess it's our technically our third preseason match because we played Vegas and kind of a preseason match. I don't know. We've got one more preseason match on the schedule, the battling Bruce Arenas against Bob Bradley and company of LAFC one more time. April 10th, time to be determined still, I believe, our situation for that match to be determined. But if we are in the building, we will be live tweeting every moment of it. So follow us at Defend the Bank on Twitter for all of our live match updates. We'll we'll be doing that for the preseason matches for sure. Very unlikely that we will be doing those for any of the matches at the bank or televised. But that being said, Philly, episode 140, my friend. In the books, lots of LAFC news and notes that we talked about. I'm excited to be able to go see the black and gold. At the very least, they're going to be back at the bank on the 17th for everybody to see against FC Broccoli in our first of three Open Cup qualifier ready matches as well. Fascinating, fascinating state of affairs. Uh, The season is upon us. I can't wait. The 17th can't get here any faster. Playing FC Broccoli in the bank. Hopefully you and I will be there together, my friend. Otherwise, I will just be sitting outside of those pearly black and gold gates, longing to be inside the bank. Something tells me that you'll probably get in before me. I don't know why, even though we... (laughs) Why? I don't know, because that's just the kind of luck I have. What can I say? Hopefully we're in there together. Hopefully we get to see a lot of you. Hopefully we can all get back there sooner. Hopefully pandemic ends, and hopefully we can go back to normal and tailgate. There will be no tailgates on the 17th or for the foreseeable future. By the way, don't bring your tents. You will be not allowed and that is all i have to say yeah and you guys know how we like to end all of our episodes this is 140 next up is 141 and it'll be next that would be saturday. the one after 140 yeah that's true next saturday though philly we're gonna put it out on saturday let's do it oh okay let's, all right let's, let's make it happen you, challenge you, accepted you've got nothing going on friday saturday sunday next weekend oh right? god so. oh, yeah <laughs> you guys you know that we love all of you we thank you for your support for 140 episodes we are back and better than ever here for season four. Can't wait. And you know how we like to end each and every one of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.